Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck! Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today. Teenager survives for 118 days without a heart? Inconceivable. Reincarnated boy solves his own murder from his past life? Inconceivable. A miracle spring that can cure the incurable? Inconceivable. Woman raised by monkeys in the Colombian rainforest? It... Uh... Maybe? If you think those stories sound crazy, you should hear what else I have in store. Hey, I'm Scoff. I'm Wonk. And we're the host of a podcast called Inconceivable. And you can find us on Apple or Spotify or Podbean.com, where we discuss the craziest, supposedly real-life stories that we can find, and decide whether they could conceivably be true. They're not. You don't know that. Spoiler, I do. They're not. Some of them could be. Yeah, except for the fact that they're not. Here we go again. So we are nearing the end of our second week of classes. Yeah. And it's been insane. It has, right? It's been crazy. just started. Well, I know you have classes all day, every day. Your Monday Not sucks. All day, day. Your schedule is awful. Just, I mean, you have. It is not user friendly. That's for no, sure. No, in person and then Zoom and then in person and then Zoom and then in person for you, which sucks. Yeah. Mine are all Zoom, but I'm in the lab almost all day, every day. And then when I do have my classes, Emmett decides to scale me in the middle of any presentation. Right. Did you have your camera on? Oh, yeah, they could see him. But, uh-huh. I mean, I was also presenting, so I was sharing my screen. So I was, um, well, that's what they were focused on. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure they could see him climbing up me and there around my shoulders. That's and, right. Oh, my well, God. Well, they'll understand then. I was so distracted. They'll give you bonus points for kitty on camera. Oh, that was probably one of the worst presentations. Not the worst. I've had some pretty awful ones, but it was up there. Because mm-hmm. it was, I mean, the second I started talking, he climbed up me and he's, with claws just latched on it's like the cat from uh the princess and the frog that freaks out and jumps up on the ceiling and is just holding on there that's what he was doing except on me except on you Welcome back, spirits. Hello. I'm Emily. And I'm Joel. And you're listening to Drink. Drunk. Dead. Emmett's found something to eat on the floor. It's plastic, of course. Hey, buddy. That's not edible. It's not edible. I know you want to eat it, but it's going to hurt when you poop it. That would hurt. Looks pretty sharp. All right, Zikiti. He's been trying to eat Legos lately. Pretty gangster. That's probably why he sounds like he's screaming bloody murder when he poops downstairs. Is he might be pooping out like right. if if uh, his snack habits have given any indication of what's passing through his system. Right, right. So on, kitty butthole. On that delicious note, what are you drinking tonight? Wild turkey whiskey bourbon. Whiskey. This is your first time having wild turkey, isn't it? Wild turkey, yep. Do you like it? I like it. Yeah? It is. It's harsh, but I like the I like the burn. I told you it was harsh. And what is it that you are sipping on, as the kids say nowadays? I'm trying something new tonight. So as you know, I'm kind of a wine snob. And I've been fighting the idea of buying boxed wine for quite some time. But we're broke. And this was a lot of wine for, like, half the money. <laughs> I've been telling you, buy box wine. So I picked no. up... I picked up 
I I think it's called Bada Box, B-O-T-A. My dad says it's Boda. I think it's Bada. It's Bada Box. Bada. That just sounds better. It does. And on the box, it says, award-winning wines and eco-friendly portable packaging. Pairs well with everywhere. Has it paired well with everywhere you've been so far? I mean, it's been in my kitchen, so it's paired well with Your everywhere kitchen? I've been. Yeah, my kitchen. Your kitchen. My name's on the list, Our kitchen. <laughs> That's all right, then. We'll, we can stop splitting rent. That's cool. So I, I got a- That's pin- how you think this house is. I got a Pinot Noir, and it's, you know, this is, what, three or four bottles in one one box for, like, 20 bucks? It's pretty good. It's dry. It's very dry, this one. I'll have to try their Pinot Grigio. It's dry, very dry, this It's one. very dry. So I'll have to try some of their other stuff. But I, I like it. I have no idea where it's from. It's from somewhere that makes cardboard boxes. So then how'd the wine get there? I don't know. Good question. It's 100% recyclable. California. Oh, well, there you go. It's from California. Manteca. Sure. But that's what's going to have me set for a while. I yeah. won't need to buy anything else. Couple it's gonna, days. It says it keeps it fresh for 30 days, which is nice because a lot of times I don't even go through a whole bottle of wine because I can't drink it fast enough. Mm-hmm. I really don't drink that much outside of the show, actually. So so it works out then. It works out well. I appreciate that it's going to seal it off and keep it fresh for a while and I don't have to buy anything new because yeah. I'm lazy and cheap as fuck. Uh, 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 uh. It's my little jingle for you. It's it. You gotta make that a ringtone. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. You can sell it on the Apple Store. Perfect. Everybody's gonna love it. Right. I don't see like designer ringtones really aren't a thing anymore. Dude, my phone is always on silent. I'm a donor on the Patreon account for Kudzu Killers because I love Kudzu Killers. Kim and Lark do a fantastic job with true crime. So I I joined up on their Patreon, and one of the things that you get with it is a like their custom ringtone, uh-huh. and they've been having trouble trying to get it for me. And I'm like, that's no big deal because I will literally never hear it. <laughs> it's, my right. phone is never there's never volume on, so it's cool. Yeah, but I feel like people like if you hear a ringtone, it's just like a basic ringtone that you would hear anywhere else. Like 15 years ago everybody had a, a ringtone that was a song or something mm-hmm. weird. or But not no moho. Modernity. Modernity? Yeah. I think the kitties are going to be loud tonight. They're all riled up. It's been a day with them. Mm-hmm. So shall I tell you about our spotlight for this week? Yes, you shall. All right. So we've done a lot of like Native American, uh, organizations we've done black we've done um lgbtq a lot of stuff i wanted to kind of switch it up uh i know last week you did the arc which was cool so this week i wanted to do something that focused on latinos so i picked maldef so this week's spotlight is on the mexican-american legal defense and educational fund maldef m-a-l D-E-F. Maldef. Maldef. That's fun. You know what? It was surprisingly memorable because I closed my uh, browser when I had internet, which I apparently no longer have on this computer for some reason. I need a new computer. Please donate to us on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I can't even post stuff now. There's the buy a coffee. There needs to be a buy buy the laptop. Yeah, right. (laughs) But when I went back to search it again, I, I remembered that acronym really easily. MALDEF. So. Mm-hmm. MALDEF is the nation's leading Latino legal civil rights organization. The nonprofit was founded in 1968 with the mission to protect and defend the rights of all Latinos living in the United States and the constitutional rights of all Americans. So their focus is really on Latinos. But when you think about creating equal rights, when you create equal rights for one group, you're not creating it just for one group. You're bringing attention to an inequality that may be present, but that has a ripple effect for everybody. 
And they're just acknowledging that, I think. Mm -hmm. They have five main focuses, education, employment, immigration rights, voting rights, and access to justice. I can't talk tonight. You can't. What's new? Box wine hits different, huh? It does. For education, they focus on universal access to schools, fair distribution of public education resources, and improving quality for all students and kind of um, expanding access and success in higher education for Latinos. So giving them opportunities to pursue college degrees and graduate degrees and so forth. So this includes things like educating the Latino community about their rights when it comes to obtaining a, a quality education, working with dozens of other organizations that promote and advocate for Hispanic education, and pursuing policy reforms that really work on closing those racial inequality gaps in college access and completion, which I think is a huge thing. Having access to a higher education really does change lives. Right. It doesn't have to be a regular four-year college. It could be associate's degrees. It could be trade schools. But having access to some higher education that allows you to get some job that doesn't keep in you the pinned world we down. Live in, you need a degree. Some kind of degree. Yeah. yeah. So they, they really work on making sure that these communities have those opportunities. In employment, Maldef advocates for equal access to hiring and promotions, safe and fair working conditions, and workplaces free of discrimination and harassment, which I think is pretty standard. Regarding immigrants' rights, which is reflected in every aspect of their work, it's it's in the school, um, it's in work, it's, it's in all of it. Everything has to do with immigration to some extent. Maldef advocates for equal treatment of immigrants in public and private sectors, and it works to preserve their due process and civil rights. They've certainly been really busy the past four years, working overtime to combat some really harmful policies, which basically punish legal Hispanic immigrants for being poor. So yeah, there have been a lot of policies put into place. So legal Hispanic immigrants that come in and they're here on visas and green cards and and they're doing all the things that Americans say is that that's the only kind of immigration that we'll accept and that's the right way to do it and this is how it should be done. People who are doing it the right way but struggling to get by because maybe English isn't their first language. They they struggle with language or they don't have the education. They don't have they can't get the jobs that they need. They're they they end up having often to rely at least partially on government assistance for health care or food stamps or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Well because they have to rely even partially, if they are on any kind of assistance, they can no longer apply to be an American citizen. Like, it makes it almost impossible. They they put these ridiculous policies in place that just prevent them from doing anything better and actually contributing to society in a way that the rest of America wants to measure it. Right. Which is just stupid. Stupid. It's stupid. So, Malinef is really working to change that. It's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but you know what? I'm white as fuck. I know my family wasn't from here. We were immigrants at some point. Somebody gave us a foothold. I love this country. Let's give somebody else a foothold. Their work on voting rights is pretty straightforward. Their main focuses are to strengthen voting rights and bolster political representation at all levels of government. Finally, a huge part of the organization's work is focused on access to justice. And you and I have been watching, we're a little late to the game, but we're watching uh, Making a Murderer. Yes. And that's just a poor white guy having trouble getting access to good representation and uh, a a fair trial, right? So they work to ensure that the Latino community has ready access to a judicial system that provides like a meaningful remedy to the denial of rights. So if they're in the system and they're struggling, Maldoff is coming in there to say, we need to find a way to fix this and we need to find the system or change the system so that this problem can be addressed and this doesn't continue to happen. 
That's an important part. It is. So basically what this means is that they're working to ensure that Latinos have equal access to the same rights and benefits that are available to everyone else in society. And they do this by working to enact laws that protect those rights. So if you want to learn more, donate, or become an advocate, you can visit their website at maldef.org. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the share. I think after some of the, after the, some of the things that have happened in the past four years to the Latino communities in this country, I really think they deserve more recognition of the struggles that they've been going through. Yeah. And it looks like this organization is really working to correct those struggles and make them better and lift that community up. That's great. So do you have some fun facts for me today? A couple. A Since couple. you waited until the last minute to find them? Shut up, man. <laughs> I got them, right? Yeah, you got them. Yeah, okay. And what, fool? So I'm taking you overseas. Oh, we're going on a trip, baby? Yeah. We're bringing our masks? Leaving the boys here. We're going. (laughs) We'll put out a couple boxes of mac and cheese. They'll be set. So I'm going to mispronounce a shit ton of words. What's new? And everything today. The 2011 Kumbela was the largest gathering of people with over 75 million pilgrims. The gathering was so huge that the crowd was visible visible from space. This is in India. Oh, yeah. I was about to ask if it was in India because that sounds like a thing that would happen in India. And there was um, satellite images of all these people. It's just, it's crazy. That is crazy. It's a lot of people. 75,000. That's really the largest? 75 million. Oh, I definitely heard 75,000. Million. It's a lot of fucking people. That's dude. a lot of fucking people. Dude, could you imagine the porta potty situation there? Oh my God. You just have to <laughs> shit your pants. Bring some diapers. <laughs> Bring the depend, guys. Honestly. Bandra Worley Sea Link, which is a bridge in India, has steel wires equal to the Earth's circumference. It took a total of two and a half million man hours to complete it and weighs as much as about 50,000 African elephants. And this was interesting to me because it's just astronomical. Why? It's crazy that people are able to do these things. What's the purpose? Why? To connect two land masses? Isn't that like the (laughs) definition of a bridge? Well, duh, thank you for that one, Captain Obvious, but <laughs> like, why did it need that much? How big Large of a- Large space, I guess. Yeah. But that's a lot of wire, too. That's a fuck ton of wire. Water on the moon was discovered by India. Wait, what? I never knew this, right? I, I didn't know there was water on the moon at all. Like ice. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. In September of 2009- India's ISRO, um, I'm not even going to try, it's uh, one of their spacecrafts, I believe, (laughs) using its moon mineralogy mapper detected water on the moon for the first time. That's cool. What year was that? 2009. So it's been over a decade and I'm still not aware. Yeah. Sounds about right. How do you feel about Pluto, though? Don't fuck with Pluto, man. (laughs) Is there water on Pluto? Then it's not a planet. I didn't know until I was completely grown up that Kanga and Roo from Winnie the Pooh makes kangaroo. How and they're kangaroos. You? I was a full grown adult when I put that one together. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Kanga, Roo, they're kangaroos. Holy shit. <laughs> Who let you into grad school? <laughs> Shut up. <sighs> The largest number of vegetarians in the world is in India. Whether for religious reasons, personal choice, or both, 20 to 40% of the Indian population is vegetarian, making it the largest vegetarian-friendly country in the world. That's crazy. I imagine for a lot of them at this point, 
if there are that many that are doing it for religious reasons, then it might simply be uh, a lack of access to other options. Like, it, think about trying to be a vegetarian in Erie. It's really hard. You can basically buy a house salad everywhere you go and that's it. There aren't vegetarian options here. So if you don't have the option, it makes it really hard to live that lifestyle. So if they're in a place that is all vegetarian, no meat, they don't have the option to be anything but vegetarian. I don't think that's true. I think you could you could have the ingredients that you need anywhere to be a vegetarian. You go to the grocery store. We're, baby, we're not talking about the U.S. We're talking about India. The country is very it's different still than markets. Ours. Yeah, it's it's pretty freaking different. It's not like going to the grocery store, love. Right, but still here, with people not being able to be vegetarian because there's no options, go to a grocery store and get... Okay. Whatever. Okay, so <laughs> there was a special polling station that was that is set up every year for a lone voter in the middle of Gear Forest. There's just one dude out there? Mahat... Bahardas Darshandas. Mahat Bahardas Darshandas has been voting since 2004. And during every election since then, a special polling booth is set up exclusively for him as he is the only voter in the Gear Forest. Well, you know what? Good for him for exercising right. his voting rights. And. Wine time! Probably sounds like I'm peeing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good for the government, too, or I don't yeah, know, not the government, I, but whoever is in charge of polling. You think we have a whole freaking organization here, multiple organizations working on ensuring that people have access to voting here, mm-hmm. and that guy can vote in the middle of a fucking forest. Right. Shouts out, India. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, who knows? For that Maybe one, yeah, I don't know, it might guy. be that one guy. It's just a story. So... I believe that we've had our drinks. I think so. I'm fe- I'm feeling I'm on my way to being drunk. On your way. That box of wine does it. Yes. It's good. It's good. So shall we, um, you know, do as we normally do and talk about some of the dead? It's over. Continue so on to the next one. No, 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 no. It's time to go on the dead. Okay. Is it Ready time to move for on? The- no, no, no. You ain't got no, Stop. 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 <laughs> What you got for me today, this week? What's going on? Today, this week, this month. This I was going to say, this week. This week? This week. What's going I on? I understood this week? it. I still would have made fun of you, but I would have understood it. <laughs> so, as mentioned prior, we're going overseas. And from the fun facts, any idea where we're going? Are we going to India? I'm going to India. Ooh. So, again, I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this shit. <laughs> Just keep up with me, all right? I'm trying my best. Pretty Jesus. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So this is Koldhara. K-U-L-D-H-A-R-A. One word. Koldhara? Koldhara. Okay. And the Jaisalmer... <laughs> like a fool, <laughs> man. Not a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Jai Solmer. Rajasthan. Okay. <laughs> In the Jai Solmer district of Rajasthan, India, sits Koldhara. And it's a village that is and has been abandoned for about the last 200 years. Huh. 1,500 people, including Paliwal Brahim. Brahim are Brahmin. B-R-A-H-M-I-N. They're a class in Hinduism, mm-hmm. and they special, they're specialized teachers and protectors of sacred learning across generations. Paliwal is an Indian surname, many of who um, went on to be businessmen, investors, professors, and politicians, people of a higher class. So Kuldhara was a pretty, um, pretty popping village, pretty wealthy little village. So, 1,500 people abandoned the village overnight without a trace. What? That's so... I'm sorry. That's cool and weird. Right? It's like Roanoke, but India. 
So there's a handful of theories about um, about what happened. Do you think that somebody just had really bad gas and everybody was like, get the fuck out? Right, like this is never going to clear. <laughs> it's going to soak into the fucking sand and rocks and it's going to be stuck with it. It's going to create a gonna hazard later like on. Everything's like this forever. Could you imagine that? If somebody had gas that bad? That the smell like if was gas, if gas didn't, because gas is occupy the space, right. the volume that they're in. So if they just stayed in a little pocket of ass and kind of floated around, but if it was a big one, you know, and it accumulated. I don't know why when you said a little pocket of ass, I, I pictured like those cartoon speaking bubbles, but coming out of a butthole. <laughs> The cartoon speaking bubble. You know, with those big, like, yeah. white bubbles with words uh-huh. that they do in comic books, but, like, that coming out of a butt and it's just a fart. <laughs> That's what it would be like if the laws of physics were different, yes. <laughs> Where do you think they got the idea from? <laughs> so, thank God for physics, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, that's the, that's the point of the story. <laughs> thank you, physics. You have saved the world of <laughs> many torments. <laughs> So, uh, one of the theories says that the people fled because of a dwindling water supply. You want to say that again? Because of a dwindling water supply. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. It's pronounced water. That's for sure. For sure, for sure. Do you mean water? I may also add that Kolhara was one of alleged allegedly 84 villages that vanished overnight. Really? Without a trace. There was no um, evidence of a, of a mass migration anywhere. Nobody has ever come forth and said, I am here. You know, this is where I came from. So they, they literally just vanished. That's really weird. I, I wonder if it was all like one religious sect or something, and maybe uh, there was something darker going on, like a genocide that came in and swept the people away and just wiped them from history. Right, but where you would see shit ton of bones somewhere. Unless, Unless they went somewhere completely remote. And 84 villages, 1,500 people in this one village. Aliens, baby. It was aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was a study done in 2017 that suggests an earthquake is the reason that Kulhara and the neighboring villages were abandoned. Why? Do they see damages on the building that would suggest earthquake? It kind of kind of flipped depending on who, who wrote up or talked about the issue of that. Because there are some people that say that the way the buildings are crumbling, there's still a few, at least well, in Kulhara. Well, they're 200 years old. Mm-hmm. They're 200 years old at this point, right? Yeah. There's some buildings that are still look pretty decently intact, but other ones that are, you know, the, the ceiling caved in or something, mm-hmm. walls are falling down. Some people say that, that the the damage does not reflect that of an earthquake, and there are others that say that it does. So that's why it's just one of the theories. The most widely believed is that there was a threat of persecution by Jaya Salmer State, State's minister, Salim Singh. So he fell in love with the daughter of the Kodhara village and wanted to marry her. He gave a deadline of two days and... Threatened to pretty much just smack him in the face with massive taxes if they didn't get married, which would have crippled their community. Oh, that's that's nice. So that's definitely a good way to win a woman over exactly. and her family. Exactly. So a woman, woman, a woman marrying outside of the the clan was a no no. The king was to be there in the morning, so in an attempt to save his daughter from marrying out of caste. He burned her alive in the house. Fucking why? Right. If the rest of you are going to run away, take her with you? Exactly. Why burn her and then peace the fuck out? Maybe to save the rest of them. I don't know. That is unbelievably fucked up. Because I imagine if she went with them, 
with everyone else, the dude would probably send send military out to go kill him or something. You don't think he's going to get pissed off that you burned his future bride and come after you for that? No, because he doesn't know her. He just saw her once. I was like, I want her. Yeah, you can't relate to that at all. Right. We talked first, at least. No. And you wanted it back, so. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to go with that story's fucked up. On today's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. And that's fucked up. So regardless, again, no one knows where the villagers went. Why they left or saw them leave. They just vanished into thin air. So while a general consensus of what happened to the hundreds of people can't be made, many agree it is inhabited by the souls that found their way back. Local lore says before the villagers left, they cast a curse that hindered anyone from living in the village. It is said that whoever tries to settle on the land experiences paranormal activities and left or died soon after. That's definitely not going to be a very good selling point for the realtor. Right. Well, I don't think they're trying to sell this. No? No. Gave up on that a while ago. They actually turned it into... um, the Indian government turned it into like a sanctuary kind of, I mm-hmm. guess. Protected area. Tourist, it's open to tourists. Also, it, or it's only open until 6 p.m. And then nobody's allowed to be in there without special permission. Like it's, it's closed off. So it's that haunted. It, well, either it's that haunted or they just... Uh, they don't want a government money going into after hours. <laughs> I guess so. The 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 lo- a lot of things that I found said that the locals all tell these these stories, these tales, and they're all pretty much the same of like what's going on here. But there's a bit of speculation that the, some of the stories they tell might just be to kind of boast it and bring in more. Well, tourism. yeah, it's it's that way with anything. Like, the Winchester house was the same way. Right. Still, I mean, it's freaky regardless. Like, uh-huh. 1,500 people. Just up and gone. Poof. Yeah. Unfortunately, there really wasn't a lot of encounters that I could find about this place. Not in English, anyway. <laughs> Not that popped up on my Google searches. But, um... There was a couple, and there is uh, a group of paranormal researchers who have experienced, claimed experiencing significant anomalies, and they gathered evidence to suggest that there is something that cannot be explained by a scientific theory. Huh. Okay. They are the Indian Paranormal Society, and they had sent 30 volunteers to stay overnight at Kulhara on several campaigns two or three night campaigns was it 30 all at once yeah that's a lot i mean i guess it makes sense if you're talking about 1500 people go missing you're probably thinking of a city setting so there's a lot of space a lot of area right. to cover. Well, and they they do a youtube show with 30 of them no but there's crew like it's it's, it's oh, a production okay. yeah yeah that makes sense. So there's crew members along there. I'm going to say 30 people on camera. That gets exhausting. Yeah. I mean, the, the village isn't that huge, but it's not that small either. I think 30 people compared to 1,500. So. They claim that at, at dark, there were disembodied whispers, screams, and noises, which were all common occurrences. I think screams would be unnerving. But honestly, whispers might freak me out the most. Yeah. Scream, screams would be a scary sound. But it almost sounds more human. When you hear a scream, you think that that sounds like a person. and You can start to explain it away. But when you hear a whisper and you know there's nobody else around you, that's a whole different experience. See, for me too, it's kind of like the... When somebody whispers, it's often in your ear. Right in your you ear, know? yeah. 
And then just that light wind that goes along with it around the back of your neck. I think there's just the, for me, at least there's that connection. And then it's just like, like you, <laughs> your face. That, that would be me if there was something that whispered. I wish I could have captured that face for our listeners because that was really good. Yeah, you like that one? <laughs> it's like I stuck two sour straws down my nose. That's the face I'd made. Have you tried that before that you know what that face looks like? Mm-hmm. Tried and mastered it. You were a weird child. Who said I was a child? That's fair. Some of the members had also claimed witnessing apparitions, hearing footsteps, and being touched. Those were less talked about. They were less common. But they certainly heard a lot of whispers, just faint little occurrences. The Indian... The, the IPS, as they are known, say that they are dedicated to finding the reason for an unexplained event and use a cache of technologies to run tests. It's pretty standard for paranormal investigators. Right. You're not just going in like ghosts. Yeah, you can't just go in and be like, yo, I experienced this. Everybody's going to be like, okay, but where's the evidence? Yeah. They experienced a lot of unexplainable electromagnetic behaviors when communication was initiated. Initiated. Temperature variances and static charges are also experienced. So they have a YouTube video, or YouTube channel, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. I watched one of the videos, this this next little part, um, and it's a little bit creepy, right? So... There was one instance where they had seen handprints of a child starting to slowly appear on the parked vehicles of the crew members. Ew. So, kind of like in, in the way that they wrote about it um, on a separate website, and then I, I found this video, it made it sound like they were like appearing right in front of them, but the video doesn't seem that way. It seems like there was handprints and they went out to the car to go get something, and then that's when they noticed them, and maybe they left again, came back, and there were more handprints over someone else's car. Either way, I think it'd be a little bit freakier to see it, like, peering in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Then you know it's right there, and you can't see it. Right, I'd start swinging, kicking or something. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? I don't care, something. Non-corporeal. Try, you don't know. At least you made an effort... You ain't go out like a bitch then, you know? You just look like a crazy person. Huh? Just losing your mind, That's all right. swinging and flailing. That's all right. I ain't dying today. No, sir. So, uh, shortly after, there was a news team that ventured out for a, a scheduled interview. And after a while, the prints had started to appear on their vehicles as well. All over the news van. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. But it's like perfect for a handprint. At least that's the way I see it because they have to take some long sandy dirt roads to get to this place. The car's covered in just all these fine little particles. And when a handprint touches it, you notice it, you know? Why do kids have to make everything creepier? Like they can be so freaking adorable and then they can be so goddamn creepy. Yeah. Lil D keeps doing his red rum, red rum. Yeah, but he doesn't do red rum. Yeah, he does. He did it today. Why did you teach him that? Because it was funny. He does his little guy. Now you can't bitch about it. (laughs) Did it to yourself, homie. (laughs) It was entertaining at the time, and now it's kind of a little creepy when he just walks up to you with his little guy and goes, Hey, mommy. Red rum. Red Uh, rum. Yeah. So pretty pretty weird, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um. In the the house that the daughter was supposedly burned, um, they had done some tests with their equipment. Um, is it the, the EMF? Mm-hmm. Electromagnetic field. Yeah, they were getting readings with that. I don't believe they tried talking. Or, they talked, but they were kind of just more or less looking for a response with something else. I don't think they were using that like voice box thing. I don't think that that was their intention. You mean intention, they weren't using really. the Oculus? 
That's the one that scans radio waves and can pick up. Sure. The EMF, they can use that to get kind of simple yes-no answers, light on, light off kind of thing, or get a beep out of it, depending on what kind of EMF detector you have. EMF is simple yes-no. Oculus is more um, intelligent conversation. Okay. Just put, just so you Thank you. We're educated now. You are. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're on YouTube. I believe they're just called the Indian Paranormal Society. But they're pretty over the top, too, so. How so? Huh? How so? It's like an Indian Zach Baggins. That would be... Zach Baggins is over the top to begin with. Right. I mean, you kind of have to be if that's what you're doing. You really don't. You do. Ghost Hunters did it just fine for years without having to be ridiculous. Hmm. I swear every place that Zach Bagans goes to is haunted. Indeed. and he, Yeah. Maybe he's just sensitive. More sensitive than you. That's not possible. I was listening to a new podcast today called Nopeville. Nopeville. Yeah. I really like it. They do a really good job. Jen and Christine. I'm going to guess it has nothing to do with Parks and Recreation. No, it does not. <laughs> it's like a nope. But they were talking, they did an episode about cursed objects, kind of like we did. I think it was actually their second episode, just like ours was. And they did the Dybbuk box as part of their episode. And they were talking about how it turns out that the Dybbuk box that's in Zach Baggins, that museum that he has out in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's actually from like the 1950s and it's a recreation. It's a little wine chest kind of thing. So there's no way it came around in World War II and stuff. It's just all a bunch of hocus pocus crap. A bunch of hoopla. It's just stuff to make money and yeah. Duh. Which is disappointing a little bit because I mean... The person in me that loves the paranormal, I want to believe in stuff, but I know that so many people just make shit up. Oh, absolutely. I knew that one was mostly made up. I kind of wonder if there's some shred of truth to that story and that they're just embellishing on things. I don't know. But anyway, Zach Baggins, full of crap. So there is something called... A Chewdale. A what? A Chewdale. C-H-U-D-A-I-L. And there are people who believe that these Chewdales walk the grounds at night. Sorry, Otto's chasing a ball. He's having fun. He doesn't usually. What is a Chewdale? They are ugly female entities that have their feet backwards. Ew! No. And this is so that they have an advantage over humans, giving the illusion that they are facing the other way than you think. In addition to that, they also have long black hair, which cover their face. So you really don't know where the front of this person's body is. Ew, it's like Samara from The Ring, but with her feet backwards. That's gross. I don't like it. Yeah. It was weirdly. So when somebody thinks that they're coming to sneak up behind her. She sees you, you know, and then fucking sucks your soul out of your face. I was, uh, you know, I've been researching cryptids for my potential other podcast venture. Mm -hmm. I was oddly today looking at South American creatures, and there's one in South America, I, I can't remember which country, that has backwards feet to trick people into think that it's facing the other direction. Maybe they're sisters. Maybe. Now we have to look into that. I guess so. Weird. Yeah. So they transform into beautiful girls, usually to entice young men. Yeah, right? Let me just turn my feet backwards. It makes me think of, uh, do you remember in Sword in the Stone, the cartoon? The movie, The Sword in the Stone? No. There was the evil old hag that she turned herself into like this beautiful young woman. Yeah. To make people think that it was just she on was her a magic beautiful tricks. young woman. Yes, to make people think that she was a beautiful young woman. That's what she did. She changed herself into a beautiful young woman to make people think that she was, was a beautiful Was she a beautiful young woman. young woman? She was not. She was an ugly old hag. But when she transformed. 
Um, I guess by 1950s Disney cartoon standards, maybe. Beautiful. A size two waist, 34. Yes. Oh, no, not a size two waist, a like size... a size negative four waist. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've been, like you were born with a corset on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so once she has them close enough, she sucks out the person's energy. Classic Chewdale move. Classic. Uh, shortly after their visits, the Indian Paranormal Society member Gaurav Tiwari was found dead from an alleged suicide. That's fucked up. Yeah. They didn't say what. They claimed that they were going to launch an investigation. But I do not believe, at least from what I found, that they ever put anything up. I mean, that's a pretty sensitive subject, so I'm I'm not surprised that they, even if they did a, an investigation, if they kept it fairly private, that's a tough thing for anybody to go through and then to go and make that public as YouTubers. I don't know. Yeah. So there's actually something known as the Chudale Trail. The Chudale Trail starts in a small village near, near Data which is the battleground between a king and his villagers. He is said to have thrown their bodies in a well, which the then remaining villagers claimed became haunted. Haunted? So that's where it starts. Next, the trail links to Shiva Temple for the trail's adventures to seek blessings. I guess you need it. Uh, Yeah, after the haunted well. Yeah. And then following this, there is a small unmarked place where a group of men or where a group of women committed sati, 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 um, which is when a widow throws herself on her husband's pyre, which is when they burn the cremation, when they burn the body. Uh, Why? I don't know. Uh, I don't like that. And then the fourth and final stop is Kodahara. And there was um, one story that I had found of a group of girls who were in India. And they asked what they could do, one of the locals. And they said, well, you can you know, take this trail or whatever. The one girl was really excited. The other one said, don't fucking, I'm not doing none of this dark magic bullshit. You know, I'm staying back at the crib. So the one girl went out. With a guide, but she said that she never, she didn't experience anything that she would necessarily say paranormal, but a lot of it made her very uneasy being in all these different places. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure just even hearing the stories and knowing about the past and right. stuff that that'll mess, that'll mess with your head. Yeah. Your brain tricks, you know, makes you see what you want to see. Yeah. What it wants to see. So that is Kodhara. That is really interesting. I've never heard of that one before. Yeah. I wish I could find could have found more personal encounters, but really, aside from a few stories that mostly just said that mm-hmm. they felt uneasy, um, and and some some of them were saying like stuff inside the house. But there was a lot of speculation of whether she was burned inside the house or like outside, or if with some other theories that she went on the mass migration too. Mm-hmm. So. I have tried to do stories from India in the past, also, and I found that it's exceedingly hard to research for some reason. I don't know if it's a language issue or if just a lot of it isn't written down. Because you know for sure that they have these stories. Everybody does. I doubt it's it's probably just because it's written down. Another one of those these fun facts that I just didn't include include is India is the second largest um, English speaking has the second largest English speaking population. Well, I'm not surprised. How many phone calls do we get from India? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of outsourcing that goes there. To be fair, TBH. <sighs> yeah. But if that's not your 
that's not your first language. That's not what you're going to write things yeah. down in. Unless you have some sort of inclination to do yeah. so. But I still thought it was a cool story regardless. Even just the backstory of it. Yeah, that was kind of, that was creepy. And cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that one. You are welcome. Well, I guess we'll have our closers then. I'll, go, I'll run through these real quick. So... The day that this episode comes out, we will be doing the drawing for our giveaway. We've we've had quite a few entries. I'm very pleased with the number of entries that we've had. And I thank you guys for listening. It means a lot to us. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DrinkDrunkDead. You can also email us at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us in your personal stories if you have any or episode ideas or just if you have comments on the show. We'd love to hear them. After this, I think we're going to go and record our listener episode. So that'll be coming out a few days after this one does. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. It's going to be our spirit encounters. Mm-hmm. If you really like the show and you want to support us, you can do that through, we have a couple different options, merchandise on TeePublic, which I have the links in all of our episode notes, and I regularly post stuff on our social media, so you can check it out there too. We have some really fun designs up. So you can go through TeePublic for merchandise, or if you want to do like a one-time donation, you can do buy me a coffee and buy us a couple beers. On buymeacoffee.com. You don't like beers. I don't like beers, but they didn't have buy me a wine. So what are you going to do? We've had a, f- a few donations that way. Or if you really want, if you're enjoying the show and you want to become a donor on Patreon and sign up for a monthly subscription, you can do that. And we, we do post all kinds of bonus material. We post episodes early sometimes. It's not terribly regular because our schedule is not the most solid when it comes to recording, but... We do get those episodes up early, so sometimes you get a sneak peek. Plus, you get a bunch of other fun episodes, things that we're not going to cover on the show. So that's how you can support us, and that that really helps us out a lot. That goes towards paying for our hosting website, and hopefully someday I can get a computer that's dedicated just to podcasting because this thing makes a crap ton of noise and apparently now doesn't connect to the internet anymore. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's just old. So it means a lot, and thank you very much. It helps us out. If you are enjoying the show, please rate and review us on iTunes if you can. If you don't enjoy the show, you are welcome to ignore that last comment and just move right along. <laughs> but you made it this far, so hopefully you liked it. Yeah. And don't People forget... just sitting there angry as fuck listening <laughs> like, to the whole damn thing. Such garbage. Oh, fucking assholes. <laughs> All I do is curse, and they tell stupid ghost stories. <laughs> Don't forget, one of the biggest ways that you can help us out is to tell your friends that you're listening. Connect with us on social media. Tell your buddies that you're listening. It's a huge help. It gets our name out there and helps us grow our audience. For sure, bud. So as always, Spirits, thank you so much for listening. Danke. Shall we raise a toast? Danke. Danke. Shall we raise a toast? To To our our ghosts. ghosts.